My name is Pastor Mike Landsman, and this is the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ. This podcast is taken from my weekly Sunday morning sermons. I pray that as you listen to them, they will be a blessing to you and strengthen you in your walk with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's what we have for today. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. My sermon title this morning is Take Heart. It is I, do not be afraid, and we will be dealing with a text from Jonah and the Gospel according to St. Matthew this morning. Once again, thank you everyone for all the cards and the prayers and the messages. Uh, My family and I greatly needed it and appreciated it, uh, and one of the most difficult times of, uh, of our lives. I was told it was okay when I was back to not be uh, to come to service, but not to lead service or to preach this morning. But I just couldn't help myself because the texts from this morning service were just too good to pass up. And so um, I'm glad to be back up here. And I think that my dad would have appreciated me uh, stepping back into the pulpit after so much time spent caring for my mom and uh, with my family. So when we heard the reading from Jonah chapter 2, well, the whole, the whole chapter 2 is basically Jonah's prayer uh, to God, right? He has been cast into the storm. God told him to go to Nineveh, the great city. Uh, I want you to tell them that uh, destruction will come upon them, and we know the story of Jonah. He goes in the opposite direction. There's a storm. He's like, it's my fault. The sailors are like, what do we do? Jonah says, toss me in the water. It's my fault. And they listen to him, they toss him in the water, and the storm ceases. And Jonah is swallowed by a great fish. I think when we read the book of Jonah, particularly here in chapter 2, if we start arguing what kind of thing it was that swallowed him, right? I remember growing up, there there was always these theories. Was it a basking shark, or a whale shark, or maybe an actual giant whale, like a sperm whale or a, a killer whale. I think if we, we start to think about what kind of fish or whale or animal it is, we sort of miss the point of what's going on in the story. Interestingly, in verse 3, Jonah says, you cast me in the deep, the heart of the seas. But in verse 5 through 6, it says, the deep surrounded me, the weaves wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went to the land whose bars closed around me. So where is Jonah? Well, seemingly he's inside the great fish, but there's more to it going on than what we see there. If we back up to verse 2, we actually know exactly where Jonah is. In verse 2, he says, Out of the belly of Sheol I cried. Sheol is, of course, the land of departed souls, the land of the dead. Essentially, Jonah, he has been cast into the sea, and he has been devoured by death. He has been swallowed up by death, and he is now in the realm of the dead. See, the great fish is not a whale or a shark or something like that. The great fish that swims in the sea, devouring, is Leviathan. As we, if you've read the book of Job, you'll see Leviathan mentioned all the time. And Leviathan, when we see him in Christian art, doesn't look like a fish, but almost kind of like a dragon with a big open mouth and sharp, sharp teeth. Jonah has been devoured. He has been swallowed up by death. Swallowed up by death. And in the midst of this, 
what does he do? It says he remembers God. We have to remember here, brothers and sisters, in the Old Testament, in particular, when we see this phrase, Jonah remembered God, it doesn't mean that Jonah forgot about God. It doesn't mean that Jonah forgot who God was. It doesn't mean that Jonah forgot what God told him to do or what God had called him to do. And we even see this language used of God remembering in the Psalms. Remember me, O God. God is not, God doesn't forget. God does not need to be reminded of things. Like, oh, I forget, like my wife has to do to me all the time, right? We had, to, we had plans to do, to do this with this couple. You didn't, what did you tell me? Well, I only told you three times last week. Were you listening? Obviously not. I'm sorry. God does not forget. So when it says that somebody remembers, or even that God remembers, it means to set your attention towards. So when it says God remembers, it means the psalmist or whoever is asking God to set his attention, his saving attention towards that person. And so Jonah is doing the same thing here. He doesn't just remember God like, oh yeah, God, that's right. No, he's setting his attention towards God. Jonah remembering God means he's turning internally back to the God that he externally and internally ran away from. And at the end of chapter 2, he acknowledges salvation belongs to God. So salvation is God's initiative to save, and salvation is only within God's power to do so. Not just for Jonah, but also for everyone particularly the wicked Ninevites, which he has been sent to proclaim judgment upon. So now we turn our attention with all of that in our minds to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 14. And so after Jesus feeds the 5,000, he dismisses the crowd and he goes alone to pray. He tells the disciples, go before me to the other side. And they do, and they find themselves in a bad storm a long way off from the land. And then it says, Jesus came to them walking on the sea. And of course, they see it and they are terrified. They think it's a ghost. And to see a ghost in the ancient world in this context was a signifier of one's own death. It means death was coming for you. And they're terrified at this, right? They think they're goners. But what does Jesus say to them? His, wind, his voice carrying over the wind and the rain and the storm. Imagine that. It's not like he has to yell or use a bullhorn. He just talks to them and they can hear him. And he says, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Is the storm over at this point in the story? No, it's not over. Has the wind stopped in this part of the story? No. It hasn't. There's still more. In the middle of the storm, when Jesus calls to them and he says, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. He has not calmed the wind. He has not calmed the waves. He's still walking towards them on the water. And Peter responds, If it's you, call me. So Jesus does. And in the story, Peter gets out of the boat to walk over to his Lord. And when he looks away from Jesus and he starts to look at the wind and the waves and the storm engulfing me he begins to sink and he cries out save me and Jesus does he reaches out and takes hold of him and brings him back to the boat and says you of little faith why did you doubt 
What I find interesting about this text, well, besides everything, right, is Jesus doesn't sink in the deep. He walks on the top of the waters, right? He walks on the waters that anybody else would drown in. I remember when I was a kid, I tried to walk on the water once. I tried to, I figured if, let me, if I can run fast enough, maybe I can build up enough speed and I can maybe like take a step or two on the water before falling in. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. My brother-in-law, he's, uh, he's a minister and he told the story a while back about how he was like, Jesus walked on water, maybe we can too. So, you know, he got like a fancy suit on and he dressed up. He's like, I'm going to walk on the water. And he stepped into the pool and he fell right to the bottom. It's, he's a much better storyteller than I. But, but right, that's not something that we can do. Anybody else would drown. But Jesus walks on top of it. So the water, the wind, the storm, the chaos, right, all around Jesus doesn't phase him in the slightest. And then we understand why would it phase him in the slightest? Because he was the very one who made the waters. During Easter, you know, well, during Holy Week, one of the things we pray is, you know, uh, today he is suspended on the tree, he whose hands suspended the waters. The very one who suspended the waters, the very one who made the waters, is walking upon them. Whereas Leviathan, the great fish, the embodiment of death, is prowling just below the surface, seeking to devour anyone who would fall in. And Jesus' feet aren't even wet. See, brothers and sisters, death is prowling about their boat, seeking to take them. But the presence of Jesus makes death's power nothing. And Peter goes out on the water too. Faith in Jesus, that since Jesus called to him, he could make it to Jesus. And if he had kept his eyes, he likely would have made it. But here's the thing, brothers and sisters, we think about this, when we think about this text. I don't think Peter would have made it to Jesus. I don't think if it was anybody in that situation would have made it, made it to Jesus. It, certainly not me, certainly not any one of us. Because we're human, we're fallen. We've been subject to sin and to death. None of us could have made it to Jesus on the water. Because salvation belongs to God. And I think that's our first great lesson from this text. There's two. The first one is salvation belongs to God. Right? And so salvation belonging to God is, is not a reference to an arbitrary decision made before time. Who would be saved and who would be damned? No. Salvation belonging to God means it is ultimately in God's power to save. That it is He and He alone who can deliver us from the chaos of death and sin surrounding us and battering us. And the second great lesson is that we can meet all challenges that come at us with faith, with trust. St. John Chrysostom commenting on this passage said this, and I thought this was so great I would include it today. He was instructing them not to hastily to seek for deliverance from their pressing dangers, but to bear all challenges courageously. I'm going to read that one more time. He was instructing them not too hastily to seek for deliverance from their pressing dangers, but to bear all challenges courageously. And this is a little bit of a head scratcher for us. Because remember, Jesus doesn't stop the storm until he gets into the boat. Until Jesus steps foot in the boat, the storm is still raging all around them. And oftentimes when difficulties attack us in life, we ask God to save us. 
And sometimes when we ask God to save us, we really mean, God, get me out of this. Or God, work this out to my advantage. Give me an outcome different than what everybody else is telling me. But sometimes what we think will save us or make things right may not be the right thing for us. And this is on my mind, brothers and sisters, for obvious reasons. I don't know why God said it was time for my dad to pass. But I do know that had he not, the issues he would have had outweighed everything that sent him to the hospital in the first place a month ago. And that's hard. That's so hard. But salvation belongs to the Lord. When hardships arise, salvation belongs to the Lord. When death rears his ugly head and opens his mouth, salvation belongs to the Lord. When medical procedures that are upcoming, or maybe we've just had them, frighten us and scare us, salvation belongs to the Lord. In the end of long-term relationships or the loss of relationships, salvation belongs to the Lord. In the middle of financial hardship, in the middle of difficulty, the middle of lack, salvation belongs to the Lord. When the chaos of the world is assaulting the boat of the church or the boat of our lives, salvation belongs to the Lord. And in the middle of that, we can hear the voice of Jesus say to us, and say to you, dear ones, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And if death comes and takes us, he cannot hold us, he cannot bring us down to shale, because Christ has walked over him and has conquered him through the blood of his cross. And when sickness or lack or death or anything comes, we can have faith and trust that even as the wind blows around us, that re Jesus has reached out for you. And he has reached out for you. He has grabbed you. And he has you in his hands. So wherever you are this morning, take heart, Jesus says, it is I, do not be afraid. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you are ever in the area, please join us for worship. We'd love to meet you. If you have any questions about what you heard, or if you would like prayer, please reach out to us on our Facebook page or our website, zionstonebcc.com. We also are raising funds for some repairs to our stained glass windows. So if you get a benefit from listening to this podcast, please head over to gofundme.com slash Zion Stone Church Repair Fund. God bless you and thanks for listening.